COPcast, 12 Days of COP. I'm presenter and journalist Peg Alexander, and in partnership with academic think tank, the Green Economics Institute, each day during COP26 in Glasgow, I'm having chats with people from around the world, looking at the big topics we need to get a grip of if we're to hit the Paris Agreement. We're going to cover a broad range of subjects. The chats are going to be short, informal, and hopefully inspiring and informative. And you never know, we might even manage some laughs along the way. I started working and campaigning on climate issues in 1989. Gosh, such a long time ago. Now the world has woken up to the fact that we don't have any time left, but a world leader's ready to accept that it's no more business as usual. Today, we're going to talk about youth and young people. I'm so pleased that Anna Diaz Vidal from Spain, but currently living in Edinburgh, is with me to talk about what this is like from the perspective of being 20. Um, we'll also touch probably on sustainable development and political issues as well, I'm sure, as we go through. Anna, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I was just saying that you're 20, okay, you, you're Spanish, you're living in Edinburgh at the moment, uh, you're studying sustainable development and politics, you're going to be at COP. What does this feel like when you look at what's going on at the moment? You know, are you angry? Are you optimistic? How, how does it feel? Um, well, I, I've been through all the, the possible emotions you can experience, I think, regarding the climate crisis. Um, I feel like I'm not a representation of the whole youth because I've decided to dedicate my whole life to studying sustainable development and to look at the climate crisis also from an academic perspective. So, well, I would say that I was sad uh, for a long time because inaction is an obvious um, element in this, in this um, whole situation. But now I'm increasingly hopeful, um, not because of the COP26, blue zone people so not because of the leaders so the blue zone the... being the leaders the, the yes. governments, yeah <laughs> just so people know that that's the bit that they meet in mm -hmm. so not because of them but because of the other people that i've been able to meet and i've been able to talk to and uh, just do activism with and so this is all the other people who turn up at cop the ngos the activists the campaigners mm -hmm. Yeah, and even those who don't turn up to COP. I have a lot of friends uh, from Fridays for Future in Valencia, back back where I'm from, and they are so inspiring. And they keep like they they're organizing lots of stuff for COP, and they're um, raising so much awareness and doing so many great things. And I think just seeing them um, just gives gives me so much hope. That's um, really interesting because on the first episode I talked to Natalie Bennett about that and she said pretty much the same thing. She said that one of the best things is all the other stuff that's going on. And we were talking about whether that's just in the UK or, or more widely, but you seem to be saying loads of that as well and that awareness is happening in Spain as well. Yes, I think we're all angry and worried and... I at different moments of our days even <laughs> like we're feeling all these different emotions but i feel like the youth 
uh, or like I'm not speaking for everyone, of course, uh-huh, but of course. I feel like quite a lot of us are extremely worried. And I feel like this is the crisis of our generation. This, well, at least now for me, the economic crisis and the climate crisis are the big crisis of our generation. And it is really important for us to see something is changing. Mm. And uh, what we can see changing for now is just like social relations links we have with people and stuff. And the activism that that clearly you see. Is this down to Greta? Is she your uh, hero? Is she, is she the one that's driven this? I would not say Greta is my hero. I think Greta did a really good job um, inspiring and kickstarting the movement. But I think the climate movement is much more than Greta. Greta is part of this. She's a, an important part. She's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. She has a big and powerful message. Yeah. But I think... It is also important to recognize that we, the youth, uh, like speaking as the youth, we yeah. have different voices and different concerns and different perspectives. And for example, when people focus uh, the attention of like the youth activist movements in Greta, they are forgetting about the Global South activists yeah. that have been doing this amazing work, like linking their own cosmovisions, their own approaches to the climate crisis, um, talking about their own issues, or like even the people in Spain. We, like in Valencia, we've been working quite a lot on trying to stop the expansion of the port because it's affecting our local like um, beaches. Mm-hmm. We've been working on um, trying to stop the expansion of the uh, a really big highway that they want to build through a protected area. And I feel like it is really important to recognize that there's also local movements and yeah. there's also differences and different approaches to um, climate from the youth. And sometimes if you look at Greta way too, like if you look at Greta too much, you forget about that. I, I think I think that's really, really interesting because obviously, you know, she is from Scandinavia, even within Europe, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, between Scandinavia and, and Spain quite big I mean you're you're an expert looking at sustainable development and politics so we know we've got all these different campaigns going on and there are so many activists as you say all around the world doing things on local issues and also on the big issues how how do you feel when you look at I'm going to put this bluntly right how do you feel when you see all these middle-aged pretty much men mainly men middle-aged men struggling to seriously have a discussion about what this means for the future of the economy and what this means for whether we actually totally need to rethink how we run our economies. I feel sad because, of course, uh, when you start to be interested in the climate movement or in like climate issues, the, the first thing you see is COP26. The first thing you see is politicians talking about climate. The first thing you see like pretty mainstream approaches that may not be enough. And I, I think it's really easy to fall into just blaming human nature. And because we live in a, well, sort of neoliberal system where um, we assume that we're all selfish and individualistic. And then from that- Is that just derive, a British thing though? Oh, it is not. It's, it's not. not. It is a global North thing, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, definitely. I sometimes not worry it's just a, it's mainly a British thing that, but no, it's if it was only the British, we would be much better off. Mm. <laughs> um, but I feel like when you recognize that that 
perception of human nature as individual, as individualistic. Um, it's, it's, it's just something that we've built. Yeah. And you start to think about what is actually driving these issues and like creating these issues, you become more optimistic. So I, I think the the fact that there's this like white middle-aged man talking about climate just acts as a barrier to meaningful change because they they, they put up there this framing of um, climate change as an issue that has to be solved through like overcoming individualism. While yeah, in yeah. reality, in reality, we're, we're not individualistic, we're social animals. Like we need others and we enjoy cooperation, we enjoy yeah. like just the joy of having friends. Like, and if you think about that, it is actually like, I think we have to shift our, our the way we, we approach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, looking from the outside, I think some, some of the challenges that people see climate change as another issue, another political issue. And actually it is so central. It's almost like it it changes the entire narrative of all those other social issues, but I'm not, or all those other issues, political issues, but I'm not sure that a lot of politicians um, are able to, to see that yet. Let me just ask you about feminism though, and women, because I think a lot of the time we don't, think about the fact that we know climate change has got a massive impact on women and where women are in the answer yeah um i particularly think it is really really important to look at climate change uh through feminist lens Mm -hmm. but not only looking at the impacts of climate change on women and not only looking at like inequality generated by climate change but also looking at how the, the values we assign to females, the values of care, of all that sort of things, I think those values are really important in designing climate solutions. Like a climate policy informed by care ethics, like informed by this willingness to care for others, this need to um, cooperate and have everyone, like have someone else's back. I think that's, that's, that's really beautiful approach to this complex issues that has that is I feel is lacking mainly because the, the people that are making the choices the decisions are white middle-aged men yeah uh, instead of like women that have not fallen into the stereotype of being a man to get to power let's hope those voices are heard then at this cop we're just coming up towards the end now of the podcast let me just finish by asking you what what do you want to see happen at this cop what what would make it a good cop for you i think i'm i'm really drawn towards um economics and financing and i find it fascinating how how we we at these conferences we put a price on nature without even thinking about like what that means what it implies so first of all i would like to see us um shifting away from gdp and like economistic measures uh to look at climate and to look at uh progress and development so i would like to see something more meaningful uh something that considers care considers reproductive work and also values nature in a right way which one is the right way that i don't know but i guess there's lots of like really smart people working on this and i think that's what they should be working on um and then yeah i just would like to 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 see a recognition 
of the fact that putting a price on nature is a political choice. So if there is a price for carbon or there is a price for ecosystem services, I want uh, like I want politicians to acknowledge that's biased by their positionality, by their ideas, by their experiences, and act accordingly. Like just consult more voices, um, think about um, the implications of, of those um, prices, yeah. and be more flexible, maybe. And, and I yeah, guess the very simple message as well is you know to people of my age and above. This isn't about us. It's about you. Listen to you. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, at least myself, I've experienced quite a lot of discrimination. I wouldn't say discrimination, but I've experienced quite a lot of uh, people ignoring me just because I'm a young female. Um, and I actually study sustainable development. I've been studying it for three year, four years now. And I know the theories. I've read quite a lot. I have thought about this quite a lot and I am completely capable of suggesting solutions of thinking about these issues but I feel like there's still the stigma of young people being only angry and only complaining but we do have solutions we do have ideas and we, we have created this massive community this massive yeah, so global listen, community it's there you're doing it listen to you Anna it's been an absolute delight to talk to you thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thank you it's been really nice thanks so much for listening I'm Peg Alexander at TV Radio Peg on social media tune in tomorrow I'll be chatting to another great guest You can also check out greeneconomicsinstitute.org.uk.